One day in, many executive orders signed by the new president and Janet Yellen getting stuck into her new designated role as Treasury Secretary. And you thought you'd never hear that New York accent ever again. Uh, We'll look at what's been said by the ECB. Christine Lagarde treading a line between buying bonds and not buying as many, but maybe they will, or maybe they'll buy more. She was very clear on that. Uh, We'll look at the jobs in the US and Australia, and it's PMI day today. How sharp will the contrast be between manufacturing and services? It's Friday, the 22nd of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down a little on the DXY, only about 0.1%. It was down over a quarter percent uh, not so long back. While tech stocks are continuing to rise uh, to new highs, the NASDAQ is up half a percent. But other stocks have been up and down, then up again a little bit. The S&P 500 has managed a tiny climb on yesterday, which uh, incidentally saw the biggest rise on an inauguration day since 1937. So there. Uh, Falls in Europe, 0.2% down for the Eurostoxx 50. The FTSE 100 losing 0.4% today. At close, uh, 10-year Treasury yields in the US are up two basis points to 1.1%. Uh, actually, they're one basis point higher than that earlier on. And oil is down today, but it's, uh, it had a good run this year, hasn't it? It's down 0.4% for WTI. And Gavin Friend is NAB's senior market strategist in London, where he's been keeping an eye on the ECB today. Uh, Christine Lagarde wasn't exactly upbeat, was she? The Eurozone outlook is tilted to the downside, she said. So that um, the emergency bond buying is going to be kept in place. But she said they might not use all of it. But then she also said, well, we might not use all of it, but there again, we might. Uh, or we might need more. She was that definitive. Good morning, Phil. Yes, um, indeed. I mean, we weren't, and uh, markets were not expecting anything too significant from this first meeting of the year from the ECB. A couple of things did emerge. First, the ECB said that its base case view of the economy had not changed since its early December meeting, despite the fact that the pandemic has worsened in terms of you know new cases, higher death rate, new, 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 new variants, more lockdown, more strains of the virus. Um, and, and then there's the, the slow uh, pace of the vaccine rollout in the EU. One reason why the ECB, um, the base case didn't really change is back in December, it had assumed that there would not be uh, a free trade agreement between the UK and the EU. They should have listened to us, shouldn't mm. they? Um, yeah. And, and, so, and so in that sense, the economy has worsened from the point of view that the virus has got, you know, has got worse. But there's this offsetting positive of a trade deal. Um, yeah. Other factors stated by uh, ECB President Lagarde are the result of the Georgia state elections. I thought that was kind of strange that that was in there. But also the um, EU agreement, the removal of all the hurdles towards the EU recovery plan, which uh, which 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 re- actually they were pretty much in place last time, but she mentioned that anyway. The second yeah. thing, to your point, I think um, we learned is that, and this is slightly at odds with the first, is Q4 growth rates across the eurozone um, were negative, and there's there's a sense of resignation that Q1 will follow in the same vein. Um, yeah. That's not the so the, double dip, double dip recession. It, I mean, indeed, even, indeed. So, yeah. so the count. So, so to counter this, um, and yet, you know, at the same time, there's a likely possible unhelpful development of a strengthening exchange rate, the euro. Um, 
is the idea that the ECB is increasingly talking about looking at financial conditions as its yardstick. Now, she mentioned this at the last December meeting, but so what it's going to do here now is it, it'll monitor via so things like bank lending rates, uh, government bond yields, government spreads especially, corporate credit conditions, the availability of of financing for households and businesses and those kinds of things. Um, and apparently this, uh, this morning it has, um, it has asked staff, ECB staff, for new gauges of financial conditions and it will tweak mm. its asset purchases with these in mind. Now, now right. uh, last month Lagarde did say that the ECB might not use all of its 1.85 trillion QE envelope um, um, but this this month that line was added to the official statement so it is there you could take this both ways you could take that that we're not going to use it all as a slightly hawkish line but to your point at the opening this could go either she was way just treading, the way she was treading the line she was just trying to keep everyone happy I think wasn't she basically but we did see a response we saw German bond yields move up a bit uh, when she said that they might not use them all if, you know if you ignore the second part of the conversation yeah, but, but, it, but, it, but, it take, but it takes no account of where the virus is going and, and, mm. and to that point EU leaders are meeting now to discuss a quicker vaccine rollout and what to do with this new wave of infections that's streaming across the borders there. And clearly some of these individual countries like Germany are quite worried about this and whether they should be, you know, uh, having uh, restrictions on movement and that kind of thing. The EU is trying to get a coordinated approach to this, but it's battling individual countries that are quite anxious uh, and understandably so to try and, do things, you know, more quickly. So just over the channel in the UK, uh, over 4 million people now have been uh, vaccinated. And uh, so, I mean, we're seeing sterling being helped along. Is that is that the main story there? Because, you know, all the other indicators in the UK are not looking so good. But the one great hope they have is that 4 million people have, t- have had the jab. I mean, it's a very good point. I mean, we, we should also say that, um, you know, we've had some positive Apart from the, apart from what we just mentioned with the the, the, free, the free trade agreement between mm. the EU and the UK, which is a positive for Sterling, um, we've had some pushback from the Bank of England on negative rates over the last couple of weeks from Andy Haldane, the chief economist, and Governor Bailey. Um, but it's the economy, isn't it? The economy is is front and centre and, and seem to have been hit harder, or disproportionately harder than than, than others uh, in this. Um, yeah. There's some interesting information just coming to light here is, is that the, um, the Office of National Statistics is the way that it measures parts of the economy and particularly through the virus. It's the way it's been measuring education and hospitals. Um, I mean, these are a free good. So it tends to be things like the measurement of wages within these sectors. And during the pandemic, the UK uh, statistics authority has tried to follow what it calls best practice and has adjusted down the wages uh, for less teaching and for things in the hospital sector fewer operations now you might say well surely the pandemic meant that, that they, you know the, the NHS is flat out and therefore wages would have been up yeah. but apparently not the point is the UK has adjusted down both of these whilst EU countries have kept their wages pretty much stagnant so if we take an example the UK economy fell by 20% in Q2, six percentage points worse than Spain and France. If, if they'd used the same methodology, then the difference would be almost negligible. Oh, wow. Um, and so, and so, and so the, the idea that the UK has been disproportionately hit may not be so if everything was measured the same way. To your point about 
the vaccine rollout. I mean, nearly five million people, the government's got a target, which actually is now the, the pace that they're going at looks achievable. 15 million people would be a quarter of the population Amazing, by the 15th of February. Yeah. That's that's that, the, the EU is not even going to get to. Uh, you know, mass rollout until April because the stuff's just not available. Uh, it's a, it's a, there's a marked difference between the two. Absolutely. Uh, look, another interesting statistic out today as well from uh, the UK, and we should move off from the UK. We spent long enough there. But uh, some data sourced from the Bank of England that was out today showing card purchases 35% down in uh, mid-January, uh, down from pre-pandemic levels. Of course, we get the uh, uh, the official retail sales figures for December later on. But this suggests, uh, you know, beyond that, going into January, the lockdown has had a massive effect. So we talked about a double-dip recession in Europe. It's almost certainly going to happen in the UK as well, mm. isn't it? Yes, yeah, it absolutely. It absolutely will. So let's look, uh, let's look at what's happening in the United States because Joe Biden has now signed a heap of executive orders. Uh, he's pausing student loans. He's extending the moratorium on evictions and foreclosures, all the things that, you know, people were concerned about uh, uh, for not getting a deal uh, sorted out. Uh, they're uh, rejoining the World Health Organization, retaining the Paris Climate Agreement. They're stopping work on the wall. Uh, loads more. Basically, if Trump did it, he wants to stop it, it seems like. Uh, and we've also had Janet Yellen as well uh, getting into a new job, even though it's not official yet. Uh, she had a few words to say today about uh, currency manipulation, you know, right up uh, in response to the question from a Senate hearing, and she's talking tough on China as well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that whole US-China situation evolves. Yes, it will be. But I think um, the approach, I don't think markets believe that that approach is going to change too much. The way they go about it, they'll, they'll try and, uh, you they know... They won't be so um, antagonistic about it. That, I mean, that's probably the big difference. That, that, that's right. But I was going to say that they basically, they're going to, they're going to use their allies with the EU, the UK and others around the world, Australia, yeah. and uh, they'll try that approach. Um, I'm not sure it's going to get anywhere. Um, but um, I think to the point about what's driving markets here, though, is and, and, and this on the day where, you know, um, a number of stock markets around the world hit new all-time highs, the MSCI world, the MSCI EM index, uh, new highs in Hong Kong, new highs in, in, uh, in India. Uh, we know US exchanges are at new highs. I think there's a bit of by the fact here you know, that after Joe mm. Biden settles in. But but I think to your point about Janet Yellen is, is well made. I think her confirmation hearings this week have, you know, had given the market another look at this in terms of reminding them that she's a steadying force. You know, she's very strong on um, helping out uh, businesses, SMEs and uh, the unemployed. And the words that she used in, in urging Congress to go big because of the historically low level of interest rates. You know, there's no sense here of taxing uh, corporations or, or, or trying to raise corporation tax or, or, or regulation. It's try and get the economy on its uppers first. And, you know, she'll yeah. work very closely with the Fed. The Fed will ensure that um, rates will remain low. And so all of that is very good for risk assets. It's a force also that should, via um, real interest rates, keep, uh, keep, keep the dollar on a downward track. We need to see, to that point, whether and how you know, the Biden administration start to push through, whether, how bipartisan they are and how successful they are in getting, is it going to be $1.9 trillion? Is it going to be you know, a much smaller amount? We need to see that before we, mm. 
really judge this, but um, and we need it, to, it's 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 a good start. And they need to get their act together on their on their vaccine rollout as well. Of course, look, employment numbers in Australia for December today, uh, for yesterday, I should say, pretty much bang on target, weren't they? Fifty thousand new jobs, over thirty five thousand of those full time. Nice result, not as nice as November. Uh, but heading in the right direction. Yeah, now it's just uh, 0.7 percentage points or 93,000 jobs needed to get back to pre-pandemic levels. The encouraging thing is the participation rate continues to climb, 66.2. That's a new uh, record high. So there's good demand to find work and the jobs seem to be there. Um, the, the, the big standout of this report was the, under, the, the, uh, the underemployment rate, which fell 0.8 percentage points to 8.5%. Um, this as um, you know, those that had been on full-time work but then pushed to um, some of the schemes uh, as they were then during the pandemic and you know, working less than 35 hours a week and, and now back in to the, uh, the full-time labour force. So, so how, it's a good story. How quickly will this uh, pull through to, uh, to consumption then? Because the retail sales numbers for December out today, they're expected to be a little less promising, aren't they? In fact, they're, they're expected to fall even though we had Christmas. Well, yeah, but you've got to think about where we are in the scheme of things. The last retail sales numbers for November were up 7.1% very strong numbers yeah. so you've got to see it in the round there would have been Black Friday and Cyber Monday uh, boosts to those kinds of things but you wouldn't describe even if there's a bit of a negative payback today you wouldn't describe that as a, as a negative uh, situation I mean the, the yeah. macro numbers coming out of Australia at the moment are definitely on the strong side now PMI time uh, we get the purchase managing index for the UK for the uh, for the Eurozone for the US manufacturing and services uh, will presumably see more uh, more of that big manufacturing services divide going on, won't we? Presumably we will. I mean, it's very strong, we know, in uh, in Germany. Part of that is due to strength in the Eurozone, to exports to the rest of the Eurozone and to China and to Asia. Um, and the services side, I mean, in Germany, it's not too bad, but obviously across some of the other countries, it is the area that's getting hit and it is the dominant part of the, uh, part of the economy. So, you know, potentially bad news, but I think markets are trying to look through this. I mean, if you if you wanted to pull something out of this, you would draw the correlation between um, the slow pace of rollout of the vaccines in Europe and the service yep. sector getting hit there. Yep. I think that's the, that's that's where markets where investors Absolutely. will look. Absolutely. Well, great to talk, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And there we are. That's another week done. That's the morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll be back again. I'm always here. Back again on Monday morning. Catch you then. Thanks. Thanks.